What's good, everybody? It's your man, The Voice, Drive Star Sports MMA correspondent, bringing you a little MMA extra. There were a number of things I left off the MMA main card. That's why I'm coming back, as well as a few things happened over the past couple hours that I want to touch on. The first thing that I want to say that I missed before was Jimmy Smith longtime color commentator has stated that he and Bellator have mutually agreed to part ways it, that kind of hurts because he's really been one of the, the stable f- faces in Bellator and with all the changes that they've made recently um, you know Sean Grandy went back to the Celtics you had Sean Wheelock, who left as well a couple years back. You know, Jimmy Smith was that that rock as far as the commentating team was concerned. Ever since season two, he's been there. So I'm sad to see him go. Someone else who is stepping away is Nate Marquardt. He has stated that he's going to retire the former strike force champion has had a storied career and one of the things that stood out most to me about Nate Marquardt was that he was an unashamed Christian not only is he an unashamed Christian he loves Christian hip hop and whenever he would come to the ring it'd be a different Christian hip hop song I would love to go and look at the uh, walkout songs just to see what he came out to there was even one time where he uh, left it up to the fans he was like hey I got about three or four different songs you tell me which one to come out to and I feel like he came out to an NF song that day either way it goes salute to you Mr. Marquardt Nate the Great which is what I call my oldest son you will be missed Dana White, yeah, he like I said, he's uh he's been making his rounds, and boy has he been saying a lot. He said that anyone talking about Connor getting stripped is a hater, and he's right. They're hating on his money because as long as Connor has the belt, Dana can make more money. Here's the bottom line: he hasn't fought in MMA in over a year. And now he's saying he probably won't fight until the summer. That'll be close to two years, if not uh, a little over two years. Defend a vacate. Either fight or don't fight. Because the truth is, whenever he does come back to fight, it's not going to be for the 155-pound belt. Everyone knows this. It's it's a fairy tale, just as Nate Diaz so eloquently called it recently is it's just it's make-believe so move on and let the division move on we saw this happen recently when gsp fought bisping for the title he won the title made history and then the interim title holder was promptly promoted to the full title holder because gsp vacated the title it's time to move on. Quick editorial. As I was listening back to the MMA man card, it kind of 
gonna sound like I was saying that T. Wood was buying the house for his mother because Anthony Pettis had done that, and that's not necessarily the case. Is that something Anthony Pettis did? Absolutely. However, T. Wood promised this to his mother over 25 years ago, and he made good on that promise again. Uh, if you want to hear more about my commentary on that, listen to the most recent MMA main card because I go in-depth about how I feel regarding the way he went about taking care of this. Also following up with coverage from the MMA main card, as I stated, Gabby Garcia came in grossly overweight like she didn't even try to cut weight to come in at 27 pounds over the limit and her opponent was not pleased at all she went clean off in the weigh-in ceremony and talked about how unprofessional uh, Gabby Garcia was well Ryzen said you know what even though we're self-contained as far as any regulatory bodies are concerned that's just too big a discrepancy for this fight to go off. I mean, it was already a 20-something fighting a 53-year-old woman. Now you're coming in 27 pounds overweight when even if you had cut that 27 pounds, you still would have been nearly 50 pounds bigger. So they called the fight off, and that was definitely the right move to make salute to the rising officials for making that call because it was it, it it was already a freak show fight it didn't need to be any more lopsided <laughs> now someone else who had some weigh-in issues was Ian McCall this is Uncle Creepy's first fight in years either he was getting sick or his opponents were getting sick he couldn't seem to get a fight when he decided to come back and fight uh, at the weigh-in. I did not get to mention this before, but he struck his opponent. His opponent kind of was playfully slapping him in the back of his head, and he out and out struck him in a not-so-playful manner. Well, his opponent got the last laugh as um, he Uncle Creepy lost. <laughs> he lost. He uh he made a lot of noise when he was leaving the UFC talking about I want my release you guys are not paying me fairly I want to go somewhere where I can make 50 and 50 well if he was making 50 and 50 he only got 50 on this one everyone made weight for UFC 219 which is great uh, Khalil Roundtree was the last one to hit the scale and the voices marquee matchup fighter, or I should say one of them, Cynthia Calvillo, was the first, or I should say she was, yeah, she was the first one to hit the scale. She used the ring, which if you haven't seen it, it's a, a ring with material hanging so that you can weigh in uh, without any clothing on. She came in, hit the ring immediately. She knew that was the only way she was going to make it. And she hit 116 on the nose. It's a fight at straw weight, 115 pounds is a straw weight limit. But for non-title fights, you do get a pound allowance. So 
Uh, she was able to fight, no problems whatsoever. Uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov was the second one to hit the scale. He came in, hit it with his clothes on, no ring needed. 155.5 pounds. There have been rumblings that he's going to try to cut down to uh, featherweight. I mean, he made the weight very easily this go round, and it was rumored that he only had about four pounds to cut from yesterday to today. With all the issues he's had with making weight in the past, I say just leave it alone, do what you can do. He's going to get older. And metabolism slows down, you gain weight, just stay at 155 because he's already cutting quite a bit of weight to get there. Uh, but Cynthia Calvillo coming in and hitting things the way she did shows even more so that she knows how big a spot this is. If she can beat the inaugural women's strawweight champion, she places herself in title contention in 2018 so she's not playing like i said first one to hit the scale made weight no issues no questions whatsoever so uh, yeah that makes this fight even more interesting like i said everyone hit weight uh, including calvio's opponent which came in uh, cookie monster came in around 115 and a half pounds normally on the day of weigh-ins the UFC will have guest fighters come in and speak before the weigh-ins. However, they decided to do things a little differently and have a press conference this year. There was discussion about it and it was thought to have been one of the big quarterly kickoffs where they will have all of the fighters on the main cards for that first quarter come in and speak. However, this was just for UFC 220. They took the other time to mark that 2018 will be the 25th year that the UFC has been in existence. Started in November, I should say the first event was in November of 1993 in Denver, Colorado. They unveiled a logo for the 25th year, which is really nice. If you check us on Instagram and or Trackstar Sports Facebook page, you'll see it there because I'm going to be sharing it through both of those mediums. The press conference itself was rather pedestrian. There was posturing on both sides of the podium by the champs and the challengers. The thing that stood out most to me is that the UFC is so firmly behind Francis and Ghana, which is really, really good because historically the UFC has had trouble marketing black fighters. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We know that they've had trouble in doing so. Uh, whether they be champions or not, I mean, you look at DJ, he is the longest standing champion ever in the UFC. And they have trouble with marketing him. But they're really behind Francis Ngannou, and it's noticeable. Dana White kind of stopped in the middle of the press conference and said, oh, yeah, you know, by the way, uh, Francis Ngannou uh, hits as hard as a Ford Escort moving 
at the high speeds possible, according to some scientific research that was done recently. And uh, if if Steve Miocic wins, yes, he will be the longest standing champion, which is something that Daniel Cormier had to say in this set him up. Uh, but again, I'm just glad to see the UFC putting their promotional might behind uh, fighters of a diverse nature because they tend to struggle with that. I'm throwing in a bonus fight for UFC 219 that you ought to pay attention to. And that fight is the very first fight of the night. Pitts Mark De La Rosa versus Tim Elliott. De La Rosa is going to make history in this fight because it's the first time that a husband and wife have both fought in the UFC. Uh, De La Rosa's wife, Montana, fought in the UFC. Uh, She came out of this recent uh, tough crop of female fighters, of 125-pound fighters, and now he'll be making his UFC debut against Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott is making history of a more somber note, though, as this is his first fight without coach Robert Fathers. Elliott moved to Vegas to train with Fathers and admittedly has been drinking heavily since his death to ease the pain, as recently as Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. Will Elliot be fueled by his attempt to honor his fallen mentor or will grief be the victor? Closing out the MMA Extra, there were a couple categories that I wanted to include in the best of 2017. The fighter of the year is going to Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. DJ successfully won three fights this year. Two of them in the cage. uh, One against Wilson Hayes to tie Anderson Silva's record. And the second against Ray Borg to break Anderson Silva's record. Already said that his absolutely insane submission of Ray Borg was my submission for the year, my choice for submission of the year. Now, the third fight took place outside the ring, and it was a fight with Dana White. DJ fought hard to have that fight with Ray Borg. That fight was supposed to take place in Seattle, Washington, which is the biggest city close to where the champion lives. So that, that's his home city. That's where it was supposed to take place. It was supposed to be against Ray Borg. TJ Dillashaw could not fight against um, Cody Garbrandt. And the UFC cooked up an idea. Hey, well, let's throw him in there against uh, DJ. And DJ was like, no, I already signed on to fight Ray Borg. He's never made, being TJ Dillashaw, has never made weight and or fought at 125 pounds. I'm trying to make history here and... I'm not willing to risk this in my hometown against someone who's never made the weight. DJ stood his ground, he fought, and he really came into his own. He allowed his personality to shine and really gained a lot of fans by doing that. B 
being the little man, literally. I mean, he's five foot nothing, 125 pounds, literally the little man against the big bad machine and the little man won. Not only that, he's been getting a lot of push from the UFC as far as marketing is concerned, specifically with Metro PCS. He's been in all the commercials. He's on their Facebook live stream before fights. So it's just really, really going well for him. He was already making a name for himself in the field of Twitch, uh, streaming his games. And and he's just growing and growing. So he's my fighter of the year. My breakthrough fighter of the year is Max Holloway. He really came into his own, won the undisputed belt, and then defended it against the longest reigning champion ever in the featherweight division being Jose Aldo had the belt for over 10 years beat him twice stopped him twice only the second person in history to stop Jose Aldo the other being Conor McGregor so he's my breakthrough fighter of the year now ones to watch for 2018 are both in the welterweight division Darren Till and Kamaru Usman those are my fighters to watch till because he's got a lot of heat behind him um he's like tailor-made for what the ufc wants to market uh, good looking built fighter that's what they like uh kamaru usman on the other hand is one to watch because he's not getting a lot of push he's not getting a lot of pub but the man is undefeated in the ufc hasn't lost yet and really puts me in the mind of Rashad Evans when he was coming up the ranks and fighting you know a lot of people didn't give him his just due until he beat Tito and then soon after that he went to fight for the title and no one gave him an opportunity to win that but he did and took it from Forrest Griffin all right to keep up with all things Trackstar Sports you know the drill like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page, join the Debate Fuel Facebook group, follow us on Twitter at Debate Fuel and Instagram at Trackstar Sports. New content gets released every day except for Sunday on Anchor.fm. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Google Play. Until next time, it's your man, the voice, Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent, and I'm sounding off. <laughs>